Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Good morning, everybody. Well, I hope everybody has had a great Passion Week. It was my joy to join you in your home last week for Palm Sunday. And I'm coming to, uh, to you again from our Life Church Cafe. And after service today, I am looking forward to enjoying the rest of Easter Sunday with my family. At my house right now, there is a ham cooking and there's a big basket of eggs for one little guy, my grandson, uh, to search for in my yard. We will probably even have some adult Easter egg hunts today. I'm not sure. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope that you're able to spend some time with your kids or your grandkids and enjoy this day as a family. I also hope that you've been enjoying our daily devotionals called Life Church Connect on our Facebook page. If you haven't, make sure you check those out. A different member of the pastoral staff is putting up a video every day, Monday through Saturday. It's a chance for you to stay connected with us and also hear some good inspiration uh, throughout your week. They've been great, and I hope you get to tune in. Uh, you can find us, of course, uh, if you're watching this on Facebook. Uh, you can find us right here. You can subscribe. You can become a member. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Whatever's the best way for you to tune in, uh, continue doing that and invite your friends to do so as well. Now, every week I also want to say thank you to everyone who is continuing to give faithfully. We really appreciate that. We've already started helping some families in our communities that have lost jobs. So as Stephen said, your missions giving is now uh, even more important than ever before. And we're confident God is not only the church's source, but he's your source too. So thank you for being faithful in that. And finally, before I jump in, I want to mention that next week we're going to be starting a brand new sermon series called Life at Home. And uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about uh, parent relationships, children, uh, marriage relationships. This series is going to be focused on building strong families and living a great life with the people that you've been spending a whole lot of time with lately. <laughs> Your family right there at home. Hopefully, we start this series online and we finish this series at some point in our Life Church building, all worshiping together. Uh, so here we are, Easter Sunday. Can you believe that? And for the first time ever in my lifetime, certainly probably since uh, wartime, churches across America are almost exclusively having online services today. People right now are gathered in homes all across the world from just about every denomination, and they're experiencing church at home. Uh, some people are having church in a parking lot. Some are having church outside. Some are just celebrating in the quiet of their bedroom. There's even some folks having church in their hospital room right now. So it kind of lends to a question with all of this disruption. You might be asking yourself, and you might not have even said it out loud, but why does celebrating Easter Sunday really matter as much this year? We can't go to the church building. Now, thank God we understand that we are the church, not the building. Uh, you can't have a big giant Easter egg hunt. I know children love to do that. 
Uh, we're not supposed to be gathering in large groups. Some states, they're still allowing that, but right here in Virginia, we're not supposed to gather in groups larger than 10. And I actually, though, think that this year, being at home, it's really a great time to reflect on Easter Sunday and why now, maybe even more than ever before, we need to remember, and this is my sermon subject today, that Easter still matters. Easter still matters. You see, Easter is about so much more than gathering at a church on a Sunday in spring. It's, it's about so much more than, you know, little girls in frilly dresses and little boys with bow ties and their shirt tails hanging out. It's about so much more than maybe a church mother getting to wear her new hat to church on a Sunday. It's, it's about so much more than that. It's about more than putting on your Sunday best. It's really about more than coloring eggs and jelly beans and marshmallow peeps. And by the way, I say amen to all that. I got some marshmallow peeps at home, got a jar of jelly beans at home, and, uh, and I'm enjoying the sugar of the season. But there's a lot of reasons why Easter still matters, and that's what I want to focus on here today. Anybody been watching the news lately? Anybody tired of watching the news lately? Yes, I'm in that category. And I'm a news junkie, but I'm tired of the news. And depending upon what you're watching on TV or maybe watching on the Internet, there's a lot of fake news going around too, right? We all know that all the conservatives think that CNN is fake news and all the liberals think that Fox is fake news. I think we all could join together and agree that most of what we see on the Internet is full of fake news, right? So much stuff. You know what's funny? I can actually remember. I don't know if you can remember this. You might not be old enough. I can actually remember in the early days of the Internet when people used to say, I saw it on the Internet, so it had to be true. <laughs> I can remember that. And I can remember thinking, oh, man, it was online, so it had to be true. Well, we know that's not the case anymore. I still like to stay informed, but I really just only want to know about the stuff that matters, or at least matters to me. For example, I don't really care about where Prince Harry and Meghan live. <laughs> as long as the United States taxpayer doesn't have to pay for their security, which is something that was just in the news. I don't care how much a professional athlete makes. If somebody wants to pay him millions of dollars, more power to him and let the free market determine player salaries. So see, I don't, I don't really care about that. I don't care what actors or actresses have to say about guns or politics or, or health care. You know why? Because they really don't know what they're talking about, most of them. So why worry about that? Here's my thought. Just try to stay in your lane and give me news that I can use from a reliable source that knows what they're talking about. So, you see, we live in a very informational society, but a lot of what's out there is either not true or stuff that we don't need to know. So today on Easter Sunday, I don't want to waste your time with stuff that you don't care about. I want to cut right to the heart of the issue, and I want to cut to the heart of the issue from a reliable source, the Bible. Why does Easter still matter in 2020? Why does Easter matter today while we're in the midst of, of a pandemic that has created such a huge disruption, really, to all of our lives? How could something that happened over 2,000 years ago, the crucifixion of Jesus still matter when we don't even know what we're going to be doing a month from now, frankly, or next week. Easter, the resurrection. What does it mean when you hear those words? Why does it matter? A lot of people say, well, I believe in the resurrection, but I just, I don't really understand it. 
The most recent survey that I could find this week was done by Rasmussen, and they're pretty reliable. Uh, they did a nationwide survey of American adults, and they asked them two questions. They said, do you believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God who came to earth to die for our sins? And they said, do you believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? I was actually pleasantly surprised at the results of that poll. 77% of American adults said they believed Jesus Christ was the Son of God sent to earth to die for our sins. Only 14% said that they did not believe that to be true. So you see, the resurrection of Jesus is significant. And it still matters to a lot of people. And part of that is because it was not done in secret. The whole city of Jerusalem knew about it. And eventually the whole Roman, Roman Empire knew about it. It was news. It was big news. As a matter of fact, if they'd have had CNN and Fox back then, they would have been issuing live reports. Now, if they'd have had uh, C-SPAN, they would have figured out how to make it boring. <laughs> and we would have all been turned to the channel. But nonetheless... If you believe the Bible to be a reliable source, did you know there's at least 15 historical references to Jesus meeting people, touching people, talking with people after his crucifixion and his resurrection? One time, he even cooked breakfast for some people. One time, he talked to about 500 people after he had risen from the dead. So a lot of people saw him. And so what does the resurrection tell us about Jesus? A couple of things I want to share with you. First of all, the resurrection tells us that Jesus is, and here's your first fill in the blank, who he said he was. That is, if you're taking notes on the app. Jesus is who he said he was. John 11 and verse 25 says, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. You know, Jesus, when you think about it, he made some pretty amazing claims when he was here on the earth. Think about it. Jesus said things like, I'm God. I'm perfect. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I'm the only way to heaven. He said, I'm the Savior of the world. You know, a lot of people say, well, Jesus was a good teacher. Jesus was more than a good teacher. Think about this. Jesus either was who he said he was, or he was the greatest con man that ever lived. Think about it. Jesus said, I am God. What do you do with somebody who says that? What do you do with somebody who makes that claim? He made these amazing claims, but guess what? He also backed them up with what he did. The resurrection proves that Jesus is who he said he was. One day, Jesus cleared the money changers out of the temple. They had turned the temple into something like a flea market. He went and he drove them all out. They said, what right do you have to do this? You know what he said? And I'm paraphrasing, because I'm God. They said, well, why don't you prove it? He said, okay, I will. He said, after you kill me, I'm going to come back to life three days later. What right do you have to do this? I'm God, and I'm coming back. And you know what? He claimed to be God. He claimed to come back, and that is exactly what he did when he resurrected. John 14 and 6, Jesus told them, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That's a pretty strong claim, right? Matter of fact, if you have your Bibles out, you ought to circle that word, the. He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I'm one of the ways. I'm a good way. I'm a way. He said, no, 
I am the way. All roads to heaven come through me, through him. That's like saying, for example, you know, people who say, you've all heard it, oh, there's a lot of different ways you can get to heaven. It doesn't matter what your faith is. See, folks, that's not true. You know, that would be like me saying, I can dial any set of digits on my cell phone and reach your mobile number. That's not true. There is a unique 10 numeric code, your telephone number, that is what I have to punch in to get to you. And there's really only one way to get to heaven. Jesus said, I am the truth. That means any other way is not the truth if he's right. And we believe that he is because Jesus claimed to be God. Jesus said, no one can get to the Father except by me. Did you know that even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, if you don't believe who he said he was, you still use him as a reference point every day of your life? You say, well, how is that? Every time you write a check, every time you date a contract, every time you put down an appointment in your little blue book, what's the reference point? 2020. 2020 years from what? From when Jesus came to earth. God came to earth in the form of a man so we could all know what God is like. His name was Jesus Christ. And did you know he literally split all of history into two time frames? B.C., which means before Christ, and A.D., which is a Latin word, Anno Domini, which means the year of our Lord, or in other words, the year of his birth. Now, here's a little piece of side information. Now, they're like, they call it B.C.E. and C.E., before Common Era and Common Era. And you know what that is? That's just the same date line. They're just trying to put some terminology out now that avoids references to Christianity and Jesus Christ as Lord. So I'm not going to adopt that. I'm sticking with B.C. and A.D., amen? There's some news that you can use. Jesus is still talked about whether we talk about him or not every time you look at your calendar. Easter and the resurrection still matter because Jesus is who he says he was. Now, the resurrection also proves that Jesus had the power that he claimed to have. Can the group that's in here with me say amen? amen. I need a little help in this house. I'm used to hundreds of voices. He said, all power on earth and in heaven is given to me. Because he was God, he could do everything that God could do. In John 10, 18, he says, nobody takes my life from me. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. Did you know there was no force that could keep Jesus in the tomb? Now, you know what? Guess what? The bad news is the church building is empty. The good news is so is the tomb. Amen. The tomb is empty. The Romans killed him. They put him in a tomb. They put this big stone in front of the tomb, and then they sealed it with a seal. They posted a 24-hour guard. But guess what? They were just trying to prevent the inevitable. He had all the power in the world. He said, they can't stop me. The stone can't stop me. The guard can't stop me. And he proved it when he was raised from the dead. Mark chapter 10 and verse 34. They said they will mock him spit on him, flog him with a whip, and kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. See, the cross and the tomb, they were part of God's plan all along. Jesus was crucified and came back to life again, just as he said he would. It was all part of God's plan. Jesus had the power. And folks, he still keeps his promises. When God makes a promise, you can count on it. Because Jesus did rise, he is who he said he was, and he has the power that he said he has. So, let me, let me bring this into right now, though. You might say, well, so what? That's all well and good for Jesus. That's all well and good 
for the people that say they believe in him. But what does that have to do with me today? What does Easter have to do with me? Why does Easter still matter to me? What difference does it make? So what if Jesus is who he said he was? So what if he rose from the dead? What does that mean to me in 2020? It means at least three things that I want to share with you. And it has to do with your past, your present, and your future. Number one, Easter means my past can be forgiven. Everybody say forgiven right in your living room. I can be forgiven. My past can be forgiven. Folks, that's some serious good news. That's not fake news. Have you ever been halfway through a project at home or work and you wish you could just start over again? You know, a lot of times, to be honest, life kind of feels that way, doesn't it? You get halfway through life, you get a part of the way through something, and you just, you just wish you could start all over again. You start thinking about all the mess-ups. You start thinking about all the things you wish you could have done differently. You start thinking about all the decisions that you wish you had made differently. We all have things that we wish we hadn't done. But you know what? We don't really get to do that, do we? In the real sense of the word. And I, I play golf. I haven't played in a few years, and I'm not very good at it when I do. But in golf, they got something. Well, not real golf, but in my golf, they got something called mulligans. And basically, that's a do-over. You hit a bad shot off the tee box, and you get a mulligan. Sometimes one per 18, sometimes one per nine depending upon who you play with. Now, if you're playing with hardcore golfers, they don't think mulligans are real. But in my world, a mulligan is real. You get a do-over. But, you know, in life, we don't always get do-overs. We don't always get to just tee the ball back up and try again. We all have those kind of regrets. We all feel bad about things. We all have guilt. All of us do. And it might be the pain of abuse. It might be abuse that was inflicted by you, or maybe it was abuse that was inflicted upon you from someone else. It might be the pain of substance abuse, or divorce, or infidelity, or a strained relationship with a family member, maybe a child, maybe a parent. We've all got this stuff from our past, and it might be some hidden sin that you struggle with. And the tragedy is, I mean, I know a lot of people like that. They can't get on with the present and the future because they're stuck in the past. That's why Easter still matters. Some people, their guilt and their regret, it's just tying them down. It's holding them hostage. And People say all the time, well, I guess I've just got to live with this the rest of my life. Some people, they're just running around with all this baggage and emotional baggage. And they're trying to live life and they're wondering why they're not happy. I want you to hear some great news from the Bible. It comes from Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, you were dead because of your sins. And because your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Hallelujah. Don't you love that? That scripture says, you were dead, past. Now God has made you alive. The charges against you were taken away and they were nailed to the cross. That's why Easter still matters. That's why it's still important to us. What Jesus did on the cross means my past can be forgiven. It can be forgotten. Jesus paid for my guilt. I don't have to pay for it anymore. Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross so that you could stop nailing yourself to the cross. Amen. He wants to forgive your past. He wants to cancel every record of all debts that you owe. Emotional debts, relational debts, all those sins. 
They're canceled. They're nailed to the foot of the cross. Does anybody, how long do you remember a bill once you've got it paid? I don't remember it at all. I'm just like, glad that's gone. Once it's paid, I forget about it. And I think the point that this scripture is trying to tell us is, once God's forgiven it, you ought to be able to forget about it. Just let it go. That is good news. Because you know what I've, I've come to understand? Even if there were no heaven or hell, and there is, but even if there weren't, it would be worth it to be a Christian just to have the clear conscience and to know that I'm living free from all the things that I've ever done wrong in my past. Amen. And because Jesus is who he said he was, my past can be forgiven. I don't have to keep carrying around a load of guilt and shame. Jesus did not come into the world, the Bible says, to condemn the world, but to save the world. So, Easter matters because, number one, my past can be forgiven, and number two, because my present can be empowered. My present can be empowered. Go ahead and grab that coffee cup. Take a drink of water with me. My present can be empowered. <clears throat> you know, so much of life is unmanageable. Kind of like the days that we're living in right now, right? The government is telling us what we can and can't do, where we can and can't meet, when we get to go back to work. You know, who would have thought I would not touch you with a 10-foot pole would become national policy? <laughs> you know, who, who would have thought we'd be living in this day? You know, so many things that we can't control right now. And, and well, what about those of you who are parents? Some of you are you're stuck at home. Did I say stuck at home? You're at home with your children 24 hours a day. You weren't envisioning this. You were envisioning them being at school. You were envisioning being able to go to work and come home. And, you know, we've got all these different things that are happening to us. It reminds me of a story I read. Charlie Shedd, who's an author, he was telling this story on himself. And he said this, and I quote, He said, before we had kids, talking about him and his wife, before we had kids, I used to travel across the country teaching a lecture I called The Ten Commandments for Raising Perfect Kids before I had kids. After he and his wife Martha had their first child, he changed that lecture to Ten Hints for Parents. <laughs> then after they had their second child, he relabeled his lecture. He said, A Few Tentative Suggestions for Fellow Strugglers. <laughs> you see, here's the thing. Everybody can give you advice on an area of life that they don't know nothing about, right? But until you've walked in the shoes of somebody else, it's amazing how much empathy you can get for somebody when you've experienced what they have experienced. And you know what? So much of life and maturing, frankly, is figuring out that you don't have to have it all figured out, right? I mean, figuring out and acknowledging I don't always have to have the right answer. Maturity is when you realize that you can't manage all that life is going to send you. Spiritual maturity is remembering, though, that God can. That God can. I can't control everything in my life, but Jesus can if I let him, and if I let him guide me. So many people right now, they feel like their life is just spinning out of control. People say, you know, I feel powerless to change my situation. I feel powerless to, to break this bad habit, or I feel hopeless about this relationship, or I'm, I'm never going to get out of debt. Did you know that's why Easter and the resurrection still matter? Because what you and I need is a power in our life that is greater yes. than ourselves. Yes. You were never meant to live this life just on your own power. Amen. 
God wants to have a relationship with you. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19 and 20 says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Jeremy Camp sings a song. It's a beautiful song. It's called Same Power. And the chorus goes like this. I'm not going to sing it, but I'll just, I'll just repeat the lyrics for you. It says, The same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that commands the dead to wait, lives in us, lives in us. The same power that moves mountains when he speaks. The same power that calms a raging sea lives in us, lives in us. He lives in us, lives in us. You see, the same power that enabled Jesus to rise from the dead will help you to rise above your problems and your struggles and whatever power it is that, or whatever problem it is that you're facing today. The same power that God used at resurrection time 2,000 years ago can be used in your life today. That's why Easter still matters. See, because we don't know what the future holds. I don't know what's going to happen, much less next year. Next, I don't even know what's going to happen next week. We, we can't predict the future. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and neither do you. But it doesn't matter. Let me say it again. It doesn't matter. Because my present circumstances have no authority over my life if Jesus is in control of my life. Here's what I mean about your present can be empowered. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You need more power in this life to overcome what you're facing right now. You know what you need? You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You might say, well, I'm already a believer. What, what are you talking about? Praise God if you're a believer. That means the, the Holy Spirit is already at work in your life. But what you need is to become a Spirit-baptized believer. A Holy Ghost-filled, a Holy Spirit-filled believer. There is a difference. You need God's empowerment in your life. Can I just say this without offending anybody? Don't let your religious tradition tell you that the gifts are not for you today. Don't let your religious upbringing tell you that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for you today. Every believer, hear me, it is the will of God for you to be filled and empowered with God's presence in your life. Don't settle for just believing when you can instead become a Holy Spirit-filled believer. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No matter how hopeless your present situation may seem to be, God wants to say to you here today, do not give up. No problem is too big for him. No situation is hopeless if you'll just turn it over to him. Why does the resurrection matter? Because my past can be forgiven. My present can be empowered. And my last point, I'm going to ask our praise team to come back up and join me. My future is settled. My past is forgiven. My present is empowered. And my future is settled. Easter still matters because, guys, it needs to remind us of something very important. There is an eternity. And there is a future that is in His hands. You see, right now we're, we're so focused on not getting sick, right? Or we're, not, we're so focused on what, what's going to happen to the economy. 
Well, I have a job. Well, it used to be next month. Well, I have a job next week. What's going to happen with my retirement account? But you see, we forget that all those things, they're just temporary. Go ahead, Eddie, and you can start playing. They're just temporary. You know, this country was birthed in a revolution. We made it through a civil war. We've gone through other pandemics. We've made it through two world wars. We have made it through a Great Depression. Hear me. This country is going to bounce back just fine. I don't know how long it's going to take, but the United States is going to be okay. But remember, life is more than just the 70 or 80 or 90 years that you and I get to live here on this earth. It's just a dress rehearsal for eternity. And one of the universal problems that we're all going to face eventually is death. Nobody likes to talk about it, but here's the truth. One day I'm going to die, and one day so are you. And hear me, only a fool would go through all of life unprepared for something that we all know is inevitable. It's going to happen. That doesn't even make sense. Sometimes we get so busy in the here and now, we don't stop to think about what is to come. Is your future settled? I'm not talking about your retirement account. I'm not talking about what the day when you get to quit your job. I'm not talking about that. I'm not even asking, do you have life insurance for your family? I mean, is your eternal future settled? Because of Easter, my decision to become a follower of Jesus, my eternity, my future is settled. See, some people think that you get to heaven by earning it. No, that's not true. To earn it, you would have to never sin and always do what's right for your entire lifetime. Always make the right decisions. Always say the right things. Never do the wrong things. Be perfect. Well, guess what? There was only one perfect man. They crucified him. He is our access to heaven. Since none of us qualified for, for, for perfection, God came up with a better plan. If you'll put your trust in Jesus, if you'll establish a relationship with Him, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 17 and verse 3 says this, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You see, a Christian is not somebody who accepts religion. A Christian is somebody who has a relationship with Jesus Christ. Easter still matters today because it allows your past to be forgiven. It allows your present to be empowered. And it allows your future to be settled and secure. I want to pray right now as we close up this Easter service. I want to pray for you today. If you have not yet invited the Lord into your life, that's the most important decision you will ever make. You need to repent of your sins and ask God to forgive you and to come into your life. If you've never been baptized, we can baptize you in the wonderful name of Jesus. If you're already a believer, but you've never received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that they, they describe throughout the book of Acts, you can pray for that and you can ask God for that. That empowerment will see you through every dark day of your life. Thank God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It changed my life. But I want to pray for you today because Easter still matters in your life and in mine. Heavenly Father, right now, God, we ask you to reach into our hearts and remind us, Lord, that you hold the future in your hands. Help us to remember, Lord God, that nothing that we face comes as a surprise to you. But Lord, help us to remember, God, and rejoice in the fact that our sins have been forgiven. That you went to the cross so that I wouldn't have to. That my sins were nailed to the cross when you suffered and died. 
And Lord, most importantly, God, we rejoice and we thank you that you resurrected from that tomb. That that tomb that was empty still is empty. And God, your resurrection power is at work in my life. And I pray today, God, for every believer who's discouraged, for every person, God, that's worried. God, help us to remember to walk by faith and to, and to not walk by sight. Help us to put our confidence in you. And we thank you today on this Easter Sunday. We thank you today for your resurrection. And we thank you for the power of the cross. You are risen indeed. Amen. Amen. Let's worship one more time as we close our service. Let's worship with our praise team. And let's celebrate and thank him for all he has done. Amen. for your goodness, for your peace that we feel right in our own house right now. I thank you, God, that you are our source. You are our strength. You are our counselor. You are our comfort. And Lord, no matter what's happening around me, God, I know that you are the calm in my storm. You are the peace in the midst of chaos. God, you are the comfort, Lord, and we thank you for that. Lord, I just want to thank you again for your plan, for your plan of salvation. I thank you, God, for saving my soul. I thank you for saving my family. And I thank you for providing food on my table, shoes on my feet, a roof over my head. You are my source, and I rejoice in that. And I thank you today, God. I thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to say thank you again for being with us on this Easter Sunday. Thank you for worshiping God in your home. Invite your friends to join us next week. We're going to be starting a brand new series 
called Life at Home. We're going to be talking about family relationships. I look forward to seeing you at home, in your home next week. And also look forward to seeing you again real soon at our church. We're located in Mechanicsville, 8378 Atley Road. Uh, we're not far from the West End. We're not far from anywhere in Richmond. You want to come out and join us when we all can get back together again. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Keep the faith. Amen. Don't listen to all the discouraging stuff around you. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. He will make a way. Amen. Have a great Easter Sunday. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.